Welcome to Trade for Peace, brought to you by the WTO's Trade for Peace program. I am Axel Addy, former chief negotiator of Liberia's accession to the WTO and founding member of the Trade for Peace program. Trade for Peace is a 30-minute podcast in conversation with Trade for Peace champions, the global policymakers, entrepreneurs, and innovators committed to promoting trade as a key ingredient for lasting peace. Join us in our bi-monthly podcast as we discuss how trade is contributing to sustainable peace in fragile and conflict-affected countries. Welcome to Trade for Peace. In today's episode, Trade for Peace, Afghanistan in Focus, we are honored to have with us Mr. Suleiman bin Shah and Ms. Mariam Suleiman Kiel. Suleiman is the Deputy Minister of Industry and Commerce of Afghanistan. Until March 2020, he acted as the Director General of Trade Policies at the Ministry of Industry and Commerce of Afghanistan. In this capacity, he developed strategies, roadmaps, and benchmarks to improve the trade balance of Afghanistan. Suleiman has spent years working with the government of Afghanistan to promote investment opportunities and attract foreign direct investment, partnering with local and international firms, business associations, and policy organizations with a focus on ecosystems, industrial development, and sustainability. He has extensive experience leading teams on international business strategy, external communications, and private sector development while engaging national and international stakeholders. Mariam is a member of the Afghanistan's parliament representing the Kuchi's nomads and is also the deputy speaker for the Independent Commission of Kuchi Affairs. Prior to joining the parliament, she taught women within the eastern and southern provinces of Afghanistan about safety, awareness, and psychological health. She is an advocate for the economic empowerment of Afghan women. Mariam also worked as Director of International Relations Coordination at the Administrative Office of the President, His Excellency, Mr. Ashraf Ghani. Suleiman, Mariam, welcome to Trade for Peace. Thank you for having us today, Axel. Thank you, Axel. It's such an honor. Thank you for joining us today on this special edition commemorating Afghanistan's five-year membership of the WTO. I would like us to start our conversation with a question I often ask all of our guests. What does trade for peace mean to you? And Mariam, would you do us the honor? Thank you again, Axel, for having me part of the podcast today. Trade for peace means to me is increasing opportunities for the economically vulnerable population, essentially making them drivers of prosperity over being the tools for instability. As you know, the government of Afghanistan is doing everything possible to increase trade and connectivity between Central Asia and South Asia. We as a nation have a clear message to our neighboring countries that instead of pursuing strategic depth policies, let's all collectively work on a strategic cooperation for regional prosperity. Thank you, Mariam. And over to you, Suleiman. What does trade for peace mean to you? Axel, this is an interesting question. And to be honest with you, this question reminded me of my teacher at the grad school, who on the very first day shared a, a beautiful quote with us. And, and it somehow has stuck in my mind even now. He said, if goods don't move, boots will. 
Now, this is an interesting perspective given the role of trade over decades and centuries, and in particular to vulnerable geographies. But I fully echo what Mariam just said. Trade for peace to us means an, an aspiration, you know, aspiration that our bilateral trade with neighbors and beyond, as well as our efforts to integrate in the multilateral trading system will result into economic growth connectivity, job creation, uh, and consequently, long-lasting stability, which will converge, hopefully, on peace in the country. So trade for peace means to us a long path to achieve peace. Thank you, Suleiman. I actually do like the quote, if goods don't move, boots will. That is absolutely correct, especially for fragile and conflict-affected countries. Now, I would like us to talk a little bit about post-accession and inclusive economic participation. Suleiman, you've been deeply involved in trade-related reforms in Afghanistan over the recent years as Deputy Minister of Industry and Commerce, and prior to that as the Director General of Trade Policies. Can you tell us a bit about the reasons why Afghanistan joined the WTO and your assessment since Afghanistan became a member five years ago? Sure, Axel. So it's a two-part question. I'll begin with the first part. Why did we want to join the WTO? Like any other nation, Axel, history and geography have played a huge role in Afghanistan's socioeconomic evolution. We are known as the heart of Asia, and we are situated at the crossroads, just like Miriam said, South and Central Asia. And we are endowed with natural resources, and we have been a trading hub and a key part of the ancient Silk Route. Um, and as a land bridge country, our geographical position historically speaking, has been the country's gateway to the outside world. We are surrounded by six neighbors, you know, extremely strong and quite different in our profile. And our relations with these neighbors play a huge role in shaping Afghanistan's trade prospects, not only in terms of our bilateral trade with our neighbors, but it also has implication for transit trade, which we do with our distant partners. Now, the beginning of the 21st century, marked a truly transformative moment in our history. It was followed by four decades of war and conflict. So the revival of our economy required, you know, huge amount of policy reorientation. We needed fundamental overhaul of the institutions and also our policy structures. I mean, there are still challenges to deal with, but Afghanistan made, you know, remarkable strides in growing, diversifying and developing the economy in the last 20 years. So Afghanistan established a new constitution in 2004, and particularly, I would like to highlight the Article 10 of the constitution, which states that the state shall encourage, protect, as well as, you know, ensure the safety of capital investment and private enterprises in accordance with the provisions of law and market economy. Now, to be in line with this provision of the constitution, in the same year, 2004, we applied for our WTO membership, and we believe that was one of the key critical steps in our reform process. Besides engaging more in international exchange through the multi-trading system, we were expecting and expect to gain economic benefits from aligning our domestic policy with the requirements of WTO membership. And we also wanted to you know, issue a signal to our foreign investors and traders that Afghanistan was finally open for business. And in that regard, I think WTO membership was seen as an important step. There are two other ways as well where we think, we believe, 
why we needed to join the WTO. And firstly, our membership offered rules-based access to 160 plus markets. And also as a least developing country, Afghanistan at the WTO, we finally had tariff-free and quota-free access to major potential markets, uh, which was quite important and quite critical for our exports. Secondly, the attraction of being in the WTO is that it was the beginning of an opportunity for us to systematically deal with the freedom of transit issues. We are a land-rich country and freedom of transit is quite, quite important for us, just like any other landlocked country. And the rules on transit are clear. And if necessary, the WTO dispute settlement mechanism is one of the attractions that we think was quite important for us whenever difficulty would arise so we can refer to the, the, the mechanism. If I briefly assess with you with the second part of your question, the assessment since Afghanistan became a member of the WTO in the last five years, I can tell you that WTO membership was a key aspect of Afghanistan's domestic reform agenda. In fact, this was a catalyst for us, a very important element in the process of creating a market-based economy. Commitment to international agreement was seen an important signal. It imported greater certainty and you know, predictability, and of course, the issues of transparency in terms of governance. Trade and foreign investment have been central components of our reform agenda, you know, contributing to economic diversification, growth, jobs, as well as fostering technology transfer and human capital development. I'll give you an example. If we look at the data from 2010 to 2019, we can see that there were three major sources of value addition to our economy, agriculture, industry, and services. Now, services are the leading source of value. It's more than double of the contribution of agriculture and industry combined. Interestingly, agriculture has gained over industry in the post-accession period due to the uptick in exports of agriculture products. And that became possible because of our membership in the WTO. Secondly, it was also the trade reform agenda that we had committed to, and it directly resulted in Afghanistan securing the title of the best reformer by the World Bank's uh, Doing Business Index in 2019. And at the same year, we were able to achieve a, a target of a billion dollars. So I mean by introducing the much needed laws and regulations, the private sector was quite empowered. We have now a federation of all chambers, including the Chamber for Women Businesses. So the much needed Afghanistan national trade policy or national export strategy, they were formulated in the post WTO accession period and subsequently they are endorsed and now they are in its implementation phase. And these all efforts have a huge impact on growing our economy and making sure that we have more businesses in the country. So to summarize, there was a huge legal and policy effort that resulted in economic growth by just having greater access to other markets and encouraging businesses to initiate activities, including women and young people. Uh, for example, we have more than 55,000 businesses, both formal and formal, run by women. So, and a greater trend is now happening towards e-commerce and digital economy. And I think that all came because of our push to get the membership of WTO and be part of the global trading system. Thank you, Suleiman. And Mariam, actually, I would like to turn over to you. As Suleiman has mentioned, there's been an emphasis on including women and that policy 
of inclusion have driven the growth of women participation in the economy with the growth of the number of women entrepreneurs operating in Afghanistan. Drawing from your experience as an advocate for the empowerment of women in Afghanistan, why do you believe women play a great role in terms of economic transformation as equal participants in the economy? Well, I can confirm the positive role that WTO accession-related reform had on the inclusivity of the Afghan economy. The reform has enabled Afghan women to become actively part of the trade environment. Why is this beneficial? While Afghan women were oppressed and not allowed to leave their homes in the 90s, they are now accessing the international market through trade, which means that Afghan women are not in the same situation anymore. They know their rights, their potentials, and they will not go back. We have a long way to go, and the conflict is still going on. But we do believe that economic development through trade has the potential to improve the livelihood of Afghans and strengthening the regional integration that gives us a better chance for peace. This is the first time in our history that we are seeing this amount of active women working for government to businesses, to civil society and media. I know women who are active who are not only making livelihood through the private sector, but also employing hundreds of other men and women in their enterprises, which allows them to have a seat at the decision-making table as equal to men, not only on a village level, but also on a state level. A survey of Afghan Women Chamber of Commerce shows that there is more than 56,000 women-owned businesses in Afghanistan, and they are present in almost all provinces of the country. This is not merely a digit, but it means thousands of women are independently making a living, helping their children access decent education and health services, as well as contributing to the economy. Thank you, Mariam. You must be an inspiration for many Afghan women across the country. What inspired you to pursue a political role as a member of the government? Well, what inspired me to join parliament and have a public life as I do right now is from teaching for the last two years before parliament. I would meet with women and they'd have simple issues and I'd help them realize where they can solve those issues. So hundreds of women from the east and the south of the country who didn't really understand or comprehend what their rights were, were beginning to understand. And they're the ones who told me, you know what, nominate yourself for parliament and we'll support you. Fantastic. And if you had an advice for other uh, aspiring women in Afghanistan who are sort of curious about pursuing a more uh, political role, what would be that? What would be that advice? Don't be scared with the Taliban and what a lot of these extremist groups in Afghanistan and in the region want is to inflict fear and terror into our hearts and make it difficult. But once we're there, uh, you can see that they're, the Afghan women are stronger than the men, period. I'll tell you like that. <laughs> and once we're there, we do a lot of work from our hearts. Clearly, you can see the difference that Afghan women are making every day. So just don't be scared and go for it. Thank you, Maren, for that powerful message. You are listening to Trade for Peace brought to you by the WTO's Trade for Peace program. We will be right back after a short break. Welcome back to Trade for Peace. 
Now, I would like us to turn to public, private, and international partnerships, particularly around ENDPF2. Suleiman, as you know, under the leadership of His Excellency President Ghani, the country has implored the Afghanistan National Peace Development Framework from this year until 2025. Can you explain what it is and what objectives are driving this framework? And how can partnership between the government and regional and international partners help in achieving these objectives with self-reliance, economic growth, and peace? Axel, the Afghanistan National Peace and Development Framework 2 was presented by His Excellency President Ashraf Ghani last year. What is it? Basically, it is our plan to achieve self-reliance and increase the welfare of our people, enabling today's children to realize their dreams in hopefully a peaceful and prosperous Afghanistan. The ANPDF2 document is focused on three broad objectives, peace building, state building, and market building. Basically outlines Afghanistan's vision for progressing, self-reliance, economic growth, and peace altogether as we move into the second half of our decade of transformation from 2021 to 2025. Now, these three guiding pillars, which I stated, uh, peace building, state building, and market building, they're not mutually exclusive ideas or objectives. They are rather mutually reinforcing imperatives, which are directly linked to the globally recognized and accepted development and human rights framework, the sustainable development goals. They're directly linked with those goals and achievement of the Agenda 2030. In terms of peace building, I think we are moving for the first time in decades toward a real possibility of achieving peace. It's quite challenging, it's nerve-wracking, but I think this journey continues. His Excellency President Hani has been tirelessly leading the peace building efforts, and in this context, the recommendations made by consultative Loya Jarga are a blueprint for Afghan government to lead the peace process. Why and how the international partnership is important for the realization of ANPDF2? Quite important. In fact, tomorrow we are having the Joint Coordination and Monitoring Board meeting at the Presidential Palace. And that's a forum where we sit with international community and we discuss our progress and check where are we lagging any progress and how is it that we can fix those issues. It also covers the issues of transparency, governance, accountability, anti-corruption efforts, and a number of other indicators which are quite elaborated in the Afghanistan Partnership Framework. The Afghanistan Partnership Framework is the key document, our commitment to the international community. What is it that Afghanistan will do? And what is it that Afghanistan is doing right now? So, so I mean, this is quite important to have that partnership. And that partnership regionally and internationally is in place through structures. Unfortunately, we did not have these structures before, but now we have. It's a steady progress. It's a continued journey. And, and this will continue beyond 2021 as well. Thank you, Suleiman. Mariam, I would like us to talk a little bit about the role of regional international cooperation in achieving a sustainable peace and economic growth in Afghanistan. You, as a parliamentarian with the constituency, have a unique position. Imagine you had to make an appeal to partners. 
who are supporting the country's development plan, what would you say to them? Well, I'd let them know that peace in Afghanistan doesn't just affect Afghans. Economic growth in Afghanistan doesn't just affect Afghans. It's something that has global consequences. For example, if we don't help my constituency itself, is one of the most vulnerable constituencies. Now, if they have more work and they have no more economic opportunities, then the chances of them being recruited into insurgencies are much less. And what happens is that there are neighboring countries in the area who pry on this and they feed on this, on the, on the most vulnerable communities. So once we're able to help establish a strong base for the private sector in Afghanistan and provide work and hope for the people of Afghanistan, the chances for terrorism, for recruitment of terrorists, for any of this is cut down. And that's not just for Afghanistan, that has global implications. Because once Afghanistan has peace and this region has peace, I feel strongly that the whole world will have peace. Thank you, Marion, for that thought-provoking response. Now, let us turn to the future. Five years following uh, Afghanistan's accession to the WTO, it was a great example for LDCs and an inspiration for receding governments. Substantial progress has been made in reforming Afghanistan's economy to support Afghanistan's growth. Suleiman, what do you see are the next steps for Afghanistan's progress, even further in terms of its pursuit of its WTO reforms agenda? Well, first of all, thank you so much, Axel, for the comment. Uh, it means a lot. Yes, Afghanistan had such a good progress in the last five years. And, but as I said, it's not enough. It will never be enough. But I'm happy that we have achieved more than 60% of our commitments to the WTO, which came as part of our, the accession package. And now we are moving towards the implementation of the trade facilitation agreement, which is very, very important for us. In fact, we have notified our category A, B, C commitments. So overall, if, if may I answer your question specifically? I think moving forward, we need to make sure that the ANPDF2 is implemented effectively. This will have an overarching effect on every economic agenda that we have in the country right now, including our progress at the WTO or our efforts to join the multi-trading system fully. We also have to make sure that we do everything possible to achieve our goals in the context of sustainable development goals agenda. We have to continue our domestic reforms. Now, domestic reforms agenda have helped us a lot to make a progress in our membership at the WTO, and we will continue that. And continuation of that should be done more with respect to the consideration for post-COVID environment. As you know, the discussion on global supply chains is still, you know, reformed. It's reshaping in, in, in many, many ways. So we want to make sure that we will be part of the global supply chain. But now that the environment is different, we have to re-strategize a little bit. Thirdly, we have to invest in our people, in our institutions, you know, the capacity building of our institutions, business community, and everyone who's involved in economic activity or business activity is very, very important. This uh, capacity or investment into capacity building can be on so many levels and so many layers. I don't want to go into details. What I'm promoting is that more and more chances need to be nurtured for encouraging businesses, innovation, 
and you know business acumen young people the, the future is for young people and children and they need a business environment here in Afghanistan where they can make sure that whatever they aspire for they achieve those goals so i think in general these four points are the next steps that i will be focusing on my ministry will be focusing on and hopefully the entire government entire country will be focusing on to make sure that we make even further progress in in the mission and suleiman how how has the covid pandemic impacted the economy so far in afghanistan Uh, it's a very interesting assessment axel yes we were affected because of the transit issues that we have had initially but the good thing is that because in the last 5 years we have diversified our trade routes we didn't experience market prices market ha- price hikes as much as we were expecting it or worried about and i think that was a great great you know relief that we didn't have that price hike which was expected in the second wave as well unfortunately we lost quite a number of people of course but overall economy you know uh, because of the challenges that we have in afghanistan the covid impacts were not quite you know high and now that the government is you know making sure to invest back in the post covid support program i think that would also help businesses you know to come back but because challenges in afghanistan to do business are quite unique than other countries it's very hard to make sure and understand what specific impacts were made by covid thank you suleiman and and mariam as a member of parliament with the constituency that are looking up to you to be a, a champion and advocate for laws and policies that are going to move Afghanistan forward what is the pressing agenda item these days in Afghanistan that you're working on and how do you see our future reforms impacting the peace process especially with the withdrawal of foreign troops from the country which could be a setback in Afghanistan peace building agenda well thank you axel The WTO accession process has served as a reform catalyst in Afghanistan. The legislative requirements of WTO accession process have completely changed the rule of the game for businesses in Afghanistan. The reform undertaken during the accession process laid the foundation of modern institutions in Afghanistan for business facilitation. It was also an important element in the process of creating a market-based economy. Commitment to an international agreement was seen as an important signal. imparting greater certainty, predictability and transparency in matters of governance. 5 years after Afghanistan's membership, the need for additional reform in trade sector is obvious. This goal can be well achieved through implementation of our WTO commitments and further facilitation of business environment, especially in the context of the NATO troop withdrawal. Special attention is also needed to fix our transit rights and take full benefit of our market access opportunities of the WTO. These reforms will pave the way to attracting FDI and encouraging businesses in Afghanistan which will bring about employment opportunities, economic prosperity and give peace a chance. Thank you Marian. And the other part of the question is uh, what is the pressing agenda item these days for the parliament? Well, what we're working on mostly is peace, women's rights, children's rights. Those are the main things that we're working on, but we are passing digital laws where e-governance, that's what we're we're, what we're pushing the most right now in parliament. Thank you both. Thank you uh, Suleiman and thank you Mariam. You both are an inspiration to I'm sure many Afghan all over the world. I often like to ask in the last time we had two guests when I asked them, you know, if you had to pitch 
Afghanistan to the Afghan diaspora, what would be a message to them about helping to contribute to Afghanistan's transformation by coming back home or contributing in different ways to help rebuild Afghanistan? So Suleiman, I'd like to start with you and then uh, Mariam with you. Tough question. But yeah, I mean, probably it is same for everybody in the world. But Afghans, as much as I have interacted with diaspora and everybody, you know, we have this craving, you know, to come back to our country and, and you know, be in our roots. No matter how far we, we go or we move or we migrate, we have this lingering feeling, you know, all the time to come back to Afghanistan. So my message to everybody outside is that, Yes, there are challenges. There are huge, huge obstacles in terms of our development process and development journey. But if not us, who? And if not now, when? And that's something that keeps me moving every day. And I would like to impart that message to everybody as well. I think that's that's my my whole thought, Axel. Thank you, Suleiman. Over to you, Mariam. Thank you, Axel. My message to the diaspora would be that you're lucky enough to have been raised in countries that have peace and the best education in the world. And you come from a country that's rich in culture and it's beautiful. Uh, you should first get a chance to come visit this country, even in the situation that it is in right now, come visit it. And then raise your voices to your governments, lobby for Afghanistan, invest in Afghanistan, because it's something to be proud of and it's something that we all need to take responsibility for. Well, thank you both for this engaging conversation. I always like to end the podcast with the last question. So in just one word, what does trade for peace mean to you and why? Mariam, could you do us the honor, please? Of course. I thought about this for a while. (laughs) And the word for me would be interdependence. If your livelihood is dependent on my prosperity and mine on yours, then this will create an environment where instead of supporting non-state actors to destabilize each other, we will collectively work for mutual prosperous opportunities. Wonderful. And over to you, Suleiman. Uh, in one word, a mission, a life mission. A trade for peace is, is a goal for me, to be honest with you. My reason to work in the government comes from the fact that you know my parents invested a lot in me and always expected me to be a statesman. And now that I'm right in the middle of it, I have huge opportunities to present my ideas, specifically around trade, which I studied back in the day. And my career, the 10 years that I've spent in Kabul and working for the government, you know, there is no single day that goes by to, you know, motivate me, you know, and work harder for this agenda, business for peace or trade for peace. One other you know, interesting cause or reason for me is I had the honor to present our Trade for Peace program, a country-specific program to His Excellency President Ghani a few months ago, and he was gracious enough to approve that program. And right now we are implementing uh, that program in Afghanistan, specifically in our relations with Pakistan, Iran, and Uzbekistan at the moment. So I'm, I'm very fortunate and glad and happy that you know, I'm working on one of my life missions, Trade for Peace. Absolutely inspiring. I want to thank both of you for this conversation. That was Suleiman Bin Shah, Deputy Minister of Industry and Commerce, and Mariam Suleiman Kiel, a member of parliament.
Mariam, Suleiman, you are both an inspiration. Thank you for joining us today on Trade for Peace. And many thanks to our listeners for tuning in on today's special anniversary episode, Trade for Peace, Afghanistan in Focus. I am your host, Axel Addy. You have been listening to Trade for Peace, brought to you by the WTO's Trade for Peace program. Subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. For more episodes, visit us at www.tradeforpeace.podbean.com. Be sure to tune in every other week for new episodes. Thanks for listening to Trade for Peace. Peace.